0: everyone. I'm Alexa. And I'm Catherine. And we're the girls behind Tickets, Please. And on today's episode, we're talking about practical magic. And so sweet,
1: oh, I drink a case of you, darling.
0: So, a couple of months ago, I told you, wasn't on the podcast, but I told you that I went to see Bleachers at Radio City and Bruce Springsteen came out. And in fact, when I told you that story, I said that I was probably 15 or 16 rows back and that it was the closest I had ever be to Bruce Springsteen. Well, last weekend, I went to see the Killers. I went to both nights. They did a Friday and a Saturday night show at MSG. And Brandon Flowers, the lead singer of The Killers, brought out Bruce Springsteen on the second night.
1: I think what's ha- happening here is that
0: <laughs> you actually are meant to have a friendship with Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> I, and I was on the floor of the killer show i'm about to send you a picture because this part you i texted you after the show and i said we need to record a cold open on this week's episode because boy do i have a story for you and you had probably seen the headline that bruce came out at the killers concert and that's and so you sort of knew but what you do not know is how close to him i was I'm about to send you a picture right now <laughs> and you can re- react live on the on the pod. 20 minutes after
1: you sent me that text, I happened to go on Twitter and the entire into- everything yeah. was like
0: flooded. there was a variety yeah. article, there was all these articles and all this stuff about how he how they brought him out. So I texted you and I said, "Don't tell me if I'm right
1: and I'm not even going to tell you what it is, but I think I know what story you're going to tell me." <laughs> and You did. Truly wild. Also, this the funniest thing I've ever seen, <laughs> Bruce Springsteen. He looks like a like a bronze statue of himself. He does. Like he, <laughs> this is a wax. This is from Madame tussos <laughs> I can't wait to put this on our stories. That's the
0: funniest photo I've ever seen in my life. But anyway, it was even more incredible because he came out for the encore. Well, the whole thing was weird because when we got there, I was I went up with a friend of mine and the guy standing behind us in the pit was talking about how he heard from one of the people that worked at msg that there was a special guest tonight and and so we were talking about that before the show even started and then he started the set and he played mr brightside as the third song so everybody was like wait a minute that's the closer you close on mr brightside you do not blow it as the third song that you sang so Everything was kind of weird from that moment on because we knew it had to be that. But then the reason that he brought out Bruce Springsteen is because uh the Killers have a song called A Dustland Fairy Tale. And since I heard it, it has been my favorite song of all time.
1: A Dustland Fairy Tale beginning, or just another white trash county kiss in 61. Long brown hair and
0: foolish
1: eyes You look just like you want him to Some kind of slick chrome America
0: And he sings it almost every show because it's very special to him. It's about his parents and it's about his mother and his mother passed away. So he sings it nearly every concert and he skipped it. And the reason that he skipped it is because during COVID, he recorded a version of it with Bruce Springsteen. So... When he brought it out for the encore, they started with a Bruce song, Badlands, which, by the way, is one of my favorite Bruce Springsteen songs ever in the top five. It's not a deep cut because he has 15,000 songs, but it's not Hungry Heart or Dancing in the Dark. Like It's not one of the most top, top ones. So the fact that he played that was insane. I couldn't believe I got to hear it live. And then they duetted A Dustland Fairy Tale as the second song in the set. Did you lose it? I literally was not on planet Earth anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It is my favorite song ever. And to hear them both sing it, it was... The craziest thing ever. And then they closed on. And to on be Born. that close. And then they closed on Born to Run. It was honestly one of the greatest concerts experience I maybe will ever have in my whole life. And I cannot believe that I have been at two different concerts in two and a half months where Bruce Springsteen was
1: brought out as a special guest. If this happens a third time, it means something. And I'm not gonna tell the story again because you already know it, but <laughs> just to let our listeners know. He showed up at a bar in my small hometown very randomly on my 21st birthday as well. (laughs) I wasn't there, sadly. I was like an hour away but he's everywhere.
0: What is his deal? What I got to imagine is that he is like, I I say this word, it's a very corny word, but I really mean it in its truest sense. He is like a virtuoso of his craft. I think that it it is so at the forefront of his mind every single day of his life. He, I read an interview with him once how he says that he always has two full albums worth of written songs like all ready to go. He is constantly writing music, playing music, and I think that it is... At his core, who he is. So he takes any and all opportunities to be in front of a crowd, perform his music, and just like live that life for as long as he can. He will tour until he's 95 years old. He'll he'll never stop.
1: So I read that this opened at number one, but then it only did $46 million against a $75 million budget. Mm-hmm. And this says, It's critical reception was so poor that Griffin Dunn, years later, wondered if the movie had been cursed by a witch who served as a consultant on the film and later sued the studio over a pay dispute. <laughs>
0: And he had an exorcism placed on the film because he. No. Everybody was so concerned that the witch had really cursed them. Did we talk about practical magic on our good bad movies episode?
1: I do not remember, but I think there's a list.
0: Because if this only has a 23% on Rotten Tomatoes.
1: Well, it's a bad
0: movie. But it's a great movie. I yeah. mean, the, 70, the the audience score was a 78, so I guess we can let it slide.
1: So I read that one of the reasons why it's had such longevity and people still like it so much, Stocker Channing said it's one of the films that people approach her the most about, even wow. to this day, is that it's such a story about women and men are such extraneous characters. <laughs> i've seen this many times but as i was watching it this time there were so many moments where i thought and i felt like you because you say this sometimes women
0: (laughs) i had the same reaction this was only my second time ever seeing it when they call all the women to come at the end i was pumped up the the adrenaline was coursing through my veins when she called them all and they were all so game and they're talking about how like it's because the sister was in a bad relationship
1: linda hi it's sally i'm activating the phone tree look uh, you know the the stuff that everyone's always whispering about me the the hexes spells the uh, well here's the thing uh i'm a witch i got the best news sally just came out what a
0: fabulous affirmation
1: but apparently her sister just got out of a very bad relationship and now the guy will not leave her alone
0: i thought to what you were gonna say is, is the setting because this has got to be if i had to pick one movie that i would live in it's this one
1: I, you took the words <laughs> out of my mouth i was thinking that the entire time every i want i want to wear everything around. yes Every outfit they're wearing makeup like that. I want their hair,
0: all of their hair, house, her little black sunglasses, everything, everything about it. Every the house they're in, her shop, the town, the street, the farmer's market, every single scene. I want to be there. It's not fair. And we're not the only ones. I read that Barbara Streisand, after seeing it, called the movie producers and wanted to buy the house only to find out that. It's not actually real. I can't believe that they created this on a soundstage. It feels so much like a real freaking house. I can't imagine that it was a set.
1: There was an Entertainment Weekly review when it came out that said, the witch sisters get empowered all right into wild and crazy girls.
0: Oh <laughs> No. I hate everybody. <laughs> I think Nicole Kidman is so excellent as Jillian. When she comes on the screen, when they first show her and she's like throwing the stuff out the window to leave home, she just... You instantly know everything you need to know about what she's like. That she's like the free spirit one who's not into the conventions of their confining curse and all that she's gonna do her own thing and live her own life and you know that from the second she comes on screen even like what they're wearing she's like her hair is all disheveled and she's like getting her shit out the window and sally is in a robe like covered up completely an amazing robe amazing robe but like (laughs)
1: even
0: instantaneously they show the contrast between them and
1: then i think right after that is when sally's in town with her aunts
0: yeah and meets the guy who becomes her husband which by the way when she's walking behind her aunts and they were and they are carrying those parasols yeah stalker channing is a queen okay she's <laughs> walking around like saying <laughs> hi to everyone taunting them because they're all afraid of them i love her so much didn't she
1: remind you of stevie nicks Yes. So one of the scenes that has really stuck with me since the first time I ever saw this is when she's laying in bed with her husband. They already have their two girls. She has a great life. They're really happy. And she hears the beetle. And then it cuts to the next morning and she's ripping up the floorboards. (sighs) And then it's interspersed with her husband pushing the cart as he heads to the farmer's market. And you know something's going to happen. It's so intense and the worst. Truly
0: the worst.
1: And then you see those cyclists coming and you think that's going to be what it is. And then it doesn't happen. It's such a roller coaster. Because then you're relieved for a second and then he turns around and gets hit by the truck. It's horrible.
0: It's heartbreaking. And when Sally talks about it with Jillian later about how happy she was and how she just wanted to be normal. Like she wasn't even asking for that much. That's what sucks is that the life that she had was a very simple, normal one that she wanted and she couldn't have it.
1: The way her voice breaks when Jillian comes home the first time and she wakes her up laying in her bed
0: and she says
1: I was really really happy
0: I love the scene when they stay up all night and they're talking because it just felt so when you had like a a sleepover with your best friend and would talk about all the stuff you wanted to talk about and they would go from topic to topic and like they would change where they were sitting in the room like at one point Jillian was like on the floor and Sally was like upside down on the bed and like (laughs) I just loved the intercutting of the different scenes where they're catching each other up on what's been going on and Jillian's talking about how exciting her life has been and she's trying to cheer her sister up because she's been so sad.
1: Imagine having that conversation with your sister in that room in front of that fire. It's so cozy and great. To go back for just a minute, another line that really, really struck me is when shortly after he dies, when Sally shouts up the stairs to the ants. It was a curse, wasn't it? (sighs) He died because I loved him
0: one thing i wasn't sure of though when the ants come down and are talking about how like they didn't realize that they didn't know what what are they what are they meaning like that they, they thought that this would just be like a short-lived thing for her and it would get her out but then like she wouldn't fall so head over heels that he becomes victim to the curse cuz it's like a I weird i think so cuz like for they're like oh we had no way we had no way of knowing and i'm like i don't understand what that means because how could they not have known
1: my guess is that they sensed that there was some sort of connection between Sally and him Uh and that it could be something. So they did whatever they did to push them closer together, but they figured it was safe because he wasn't the one. Mm. So Hershaw, do we know what it's called? Do we ever see? I don't think so. What a missed opportunity. The merch that could come from knowing the name (laughs) of that
0: place. Oh,
1: shit. Do you think Rose Apothecary
0: in Schitt's Creek was inspired by this? I honestly refuse to believe that it's a coincidence. It's so similar looking and like the the products that they say, it has to be. I refuse to believe that it was a coincidence. I I want it to be. So let's decide that it is. Which, by the way, that shop is real. They filmed in a real location. It's in Coopville on Wibley Island in Washington. And in real life, it's a bakery, which is equally as cozy.
1: (laughs) We need to take a trip to Washington and go to Forks and to that bakery and see that house. Because the exterior of the house is real.
0: I thought that they tear it down, though. Oh, I thought the exterior was of a real house. No, it, they built an architectural shell of the house to film it, and like then it, they did
1: in with her cottage in the holiday.
0: Yes, and then they two tore it houses down. that I would die for. It's a missed opportunity that no one has like recreated them though. How hard could that possibly be to do? Let's become builders. There we go. Who recreate. <laughs> Movie houses.
1: Seriously, there are
0: for sure people who would buy those houses or rent them out as like Airbnbs. That's like a million dollar idea right there. People would pay ungodly amounts of money to to stay in either one of those houses. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. How has nobody done
1: that? How
0: has nobody (laughs) done that?
1: How has nobody, nobody, Alexa? I'm not (laughs) kidding you. This is like a. Billion
0: dollar idea. You can recreate it painstakingly. Yes. Everything. It would take everything in me not to just live there, though. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I would build it and be like, but I want to live here. I don't want other people to stay here. You can't leave this on the pod. This is too good of an idea. <laughs> people have had to have had it, though. That's what I'm saying. It seems like it seems so simple that how could it not already exist or a million people have thought of it? Speaking of great ideas.
1: Helena Brooklyn Blonde on Instagram had an idea just the other day. She was like, Why has there not been a comedy similar to The Office, but that takes place in the late 90s, early 2000s at the height of shopping malls, retail in the gap, or one of those types oh. of stores? Because they're doing one. One's coming out about about blockbuster. Although I don't know that if that takes place during present day, like an alternate present day or the nineties or not. I think it does. And then there's Superstore, which is like in a Walmart type mm-hmm. store. But there isn't anything in a store like a Banana Republic, J Crew of the nineties. My type God. Place. Man, would I watch that. Man, that would be so good. The drama. People who've never worked in retail have no idea the kind of drama that goes on behind the scenes.
0: It is from (laughs) zero to 100 on a daily basis, and the cycle has never moved faster than at a retail store.
1: And also, now that we're talking about it, the same for restaurants. Why has there not been one like that?
0: Well, I guess Vanderpump Rules is (laughs) is, is sort of the (laughs) real-life version of that, I guess. Speaking of restaurants,
1: <laughs> I love the scene where Jillian wakes Sally up to have midnight margaritas and they're dancing around the kitchen. If
0: So I read that um, apparently they were all drinking for real during that scene. That Nicole Kidman brought brought cheap tequila to set and that all of the actresses and a lot of the crew and director also were drinking (laughs) during the filming of the Midnight Margaritas. (laughs) Wow, that's great. You can... You can feel the good energy. Yeah, in that in this case, it adds some authenticity. I, I'm sure that a lot of times when there's, you know, drunk acting to be done, there's, it's not practical to have them actually get drunk.
1: <laughs> and then the scene after that, when they're all sitting at the table, mm-hmm. when the ants start singing the song that he <sighs> used to sing, and then they realize they're drinking his tequila. Oh my God. I just never, never found, found a time.
0: You were always on my mind. You were always on my mind. Where did this bottle come from?
1: Where did this bottle come
0: from? I would left it on the porch. The actor who plays Gary, his name is Aidan Quinn. Is he famous has he been in other things like do i just have never seen him or he i think was in
1: a lot of other stuff but a little before your time and so almost even my time Mm, okay this is very our mom's time okay he was in desperately seeking susan benny and june in the early 90s legends of the fall mary shelley's frankenstein
0: okay because what i was gonna say was i think that he was Perfect in the sense that the second that he's on screen, it feels like weird magic. When I see him, there's something so instantaneously loving about his like aura. I don't know what it is. When I see him, it's so comforting. One of the first shots we see of him is they're opening the door and they, and just behind him is just this really blue sky. And he's kind of in this weird, you know, that like 90s haze where it's. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know. It just, I really
1: enjoyed him. It's so cute when he does show up at first and. Sally says, I know this sounds really strange, but I I don't think I can lie to him. And then Jillian says, Oh my God, of course you can lie to him. <laughs> <laughs> and then she goes back downstairs and he's waiting. What is that room called? I meant to look it up, but I forgot. It's like um a, it's like a sunroom. Oh um, or a green room or is it conservatory? Apothecary. Conservatory, maybe.
0: I think that that's what that is.
1: Right, is that the right word?
0: I think so. I only really know conservatory in the context of Clue, the board game. Um, <laughs> so I think that's what it is, though. Beautiful. I know that. It's so funny. Then
1: Sally goes off, just like she can't stop talking yes, and telling him. Rambling. Things. Yeah. And then he walks away, and Julian mouths to her, What is wrong with you? <laughs> and she says, I don't know. <laughs> It's so, they're just so good together. They really are.
0: And I love when he comes back for breakfast.
1: Did you catch it the first time when he flipped the pancakes that that was on her list?
0: Oh, yeah. I didn't, I don't think. Really? Her daughters are so freaking adorable. When they start to piece it together and they're looking through the little book that was their mom's and they ask their Aunt Jillian about it and and she explains it to him i also think it's so sweet the way julian explains how you know when your mom was a little girl she made this guy up to protect herself it just is such a loving like sisterly way of describing something that she knows is super important to her sister was it about daddy uh yeah yeah but daddy had brown eyes
1: You know, um, the truth is this wasn't about your
0: daddy. This was when your mommy was little and she was, <laughs> she was trying to invent a guy who didn't exist to protect herself. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and being honest with them—it's such a cool ant move,
0: too. By the way, to like have <laughs> she them is secretly. A cool aunt. Oh yeah, have she's like the embodiment of a cool ant. She <laughs> when she's has them secretly helping her with the recipe that she's doing, and one of them's on the lookout, and one of them's looking through the book. I love it. I would give anything to have brunch at that little table outside <sighs> there.
1: How cute are the girls when they grab the syrup pitcher? Yes. Did it make you nervous that they were climbing on those rocks?
0: Like. In real life. Uh, yeah, it did what actually. What was the situation there? <laughs> It did, did, did actually. <laughs> I love when Julian runs after them though. She just like sprints in her long girth that she's wearing. Ugh. God, their outfits are so good. Every single one of them
1: is so good. Do you think when they cast them that they paid attention to wanting to cast two actresses with the most amazing hair you've ever seen? What?
0: But I feel like I've never seen their hair look that good before or after this. Like <laughs> They have beautiful hair, but it, this is, it is the, the best apex ever of their yeah. hair, especially Nicole Kidman. She has never looked more gorgeous than in this movie.
1: And I feel like they probably didn't have extensions in, right? They weren't good enough so. then in the late no, 90s. No, I don't think so. It looked like their real hair. Don't you think when they're up in the attic and Jimmy's spirit... Appears that he's
0: actually really scary. He is really scary, and I was incredibly impressed at the effects.
1: Oh, you know what I wanted to ask you? What was the reference with the star? I must have missed that in the beginning and never caught on
0: to it. It's one of her list. His favorite shape is a star.
1: Oh, that's so cute. cute.
0: (laughs) And then it, that manifests itself in in the fact that he's a cop and has like the the little, like the literal sheriff's badge that he carries. <laughs> oh, <guys.
1: laughs> I thought it was interesting that he had one green eye and one blue, but it was only during that one scene that you could tell.
0: I thought the same thing the whole time I was like wait
1: doesn't he have one green eye that's what
0: I thought when I saw when he came on the screen and she was in the conservatory with him because so bright in there I was like really looking at his eyes and I'm like no (laughs) one of them does not look green they look both blue (laughs) I don't see a green eye it wasn't until they pointed it out I guess because they were trying to do like a reveal like he has another thing on the list but they just shouldn't have shown him in such detail without the one green eye So what do you think of that? In the end, it's almost... I don't know. I'm trying to understand how I feel about the ending, that she's kind of giving in to that it might be the spell, it might not be the spell, and kind of summons him again via the spell. Did she just decide... Wait, Is that she not what does happens? summon
1: him again. No, no, you're not wrong.
0: I just didn't remember that she summoned him again. Yeah, she's on the porch and she like blows a leaf, and then he's at home at in front of his fireplace, and he like becomes aware. Shit. Yeah, I
1: don't know because in the scene before that, when she tells him the truth, yeah, about everything, and says if it's meant to be, right. When he's walking away, and he turns around and says, <laughs> "You know what." I wish for you, too.
0: But you're right. I, I don't know. Because she asks, because when they get the letter from him that she's been, like, cleared and that Jimmy's death has been ruled, this is an accident, she asks Jillian what she would do and what she thinks she would do. I think Jillian's advice to her is... What would you do, Jillian? What wouldn't I do for the right guy? It seems like she's saying that yeah it's okay to use the magic to bring him back because it was meant to be
1: maybe that is what
0: maybe that's what the maybe thing is it. it just seems like i don't know she was so against it the whole time and her reasoning was so strong that it seemed like they were kind of going back on that maybe i'm like thinking too much about it but no no you're not <laughs> how did she come to terms with the idea that she'll know ne- what she says to him that and
1: if you stay i wouldn't know if it was because of the spell and. You wouldn't know if it was because I didn't want to go to prison.
0: She decided, fuck it, I don't, I guess I can live with the fact that I'm not sure if it's the spell or him. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> when she gets a
1: letter from him saying she's, everything's cleared, his death is accidental, does she do the thing with the leaf after that? Yeah. So maybe it was that she let him go and they decided to let it be whatever it's going to be. And that when he sent the letter, that was a sign to her that he came to that decision on oh. his own. Like maybe she, after he left, maybe that undid the spell or she even
0: undid the spell. Oh, that's. I like that read because then because then her doing the leaf is not really like summoning him, but more just giving him the signal that she's also ready for him to come back into her life. I like that much better. That is a that is a much better reading than I was. (laughs) initially. Let's hope that that's what it is. I'm going to go with that one because then my next question was maybe it's answered in what he says to her. But the curse is just like not a thing anymore because he is the right person and she had the spell from when she was a kid. He's protected? Why is the curse broken? And also, how do they know it was broken?
1: <laughs> maybe it's broken because her husband died because of it. Oh, so he was, like
0: fulfilling according the curse. to the curse, he I was see. like her
1: one true love or whatever. Oh, okay. Or maybe it's that plus a combination of what you said that... Because she did that spell when she was younger that he's protected?
0: Yeah, maybe because he's exempt. And then also what he said, I mean, his little line to her when he's leaving is that curses only have power when you believe in them. And then he says he doesn't. So maybe he's like immune to the curse because he doesn't subscribe to it. Plus, he knows about everything and it didn't seem like her husband did right did he know mm-hmm. she was a witch and all the magical stuff and about the curse he seemed unaware from the little bit that we had with him so maybe he's also special because he has like all of the information
1: i have another question when the women from the town come and they do the whole i want to call it an exorcism. i know but it's it like is? i guess yeah whatever it's called and it sort of works but not really and then sally has the idea to cut their hands open again. Why is that what saved her? I don't totally understand. I guess maybe because is not meant to be understood. It truly is meant to be enjoyed. It's
0: it's supposed to be vibes. Vibes, not substance, okay? (laughs) 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 I guess what she was doing is because she sort of coaxes Jimmy's spirit out with the tequila. She kind of summons him and then cuts it off. Maybe he's like at the top of her soul, I guess. And then she's picking the sister over him maybe i think that's kind of how i read the moment i guess that like he was in control at that moment and then she's giving control back to jillian like she's joining her power yeah with- to expel him completely while he's still in control
1: okay i'll take it
0: <laughs> that and the power of womanhood <laughs> with
1: the that's the real circle. that's actually the answer to every question we've had literally women <laughs> All right, if you enjoy this episode, send it to a woman who might like it too. And give us a five-star review
0: on iTunes and on Spotify. Till next time. Bye.